This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots on ABC Radio Perth and WA and the ABC Listener. Well, that was a bit fun. Five past nine, Rowanna with you. And alongside me is Darren Thorpe sitting, sitting in for Sabrina Hahn this Saturday morning as Sab's chasing wildflowers down on the south coast. Hey, Darren. Hey, Rowanna. I've just come back from chasing wildflowers on the south coast. Ah, uh, how was it? Oh. Are they out in force? Amazing. So I did some of the Cape to take Cape Walk. I was in um, Ballin Up in the forest there. It's looking beautiful. And what I love is I love seeing a lot of our garden plants like um, Conostalis. You know, those little Conostalis that we all use as edging plants. I love seeing them in the wild. I just get so excited. <laughs> I can hear that. <laughs> it was fabulous out there. So, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so get out there. I mean, the weather's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice for going and exploring. There was conversation that we maybe didn't have enough rain this winter, um, but you still feel like there's plenty to see for those who. There is plenty hit the to road. see. Down south is is quite um, good. It's yeah. not as good up north. Okay. Okay. So down south was fine. The ca- the paws are out. The kangaroo paws yeah, all gorgeous. over the place. You know. I, I just I just love being there when everything's in flower because, of course, that's my world. But it was so good. And I had a group with me because I take garden tours away as well. Yeah, okay. And um, they were pretty darn excited too. They were from Queensland and, you know, it, it, it's, it's really good. You get a, an extra life out of it when you show something, someone something that – you know, we I expected to see it, but they were just so surprised. Yeah, yeah it is a nice thing. It's the joy of playing tour guide, right? Yeah, it is. It appreciating is. things you take for granted a little bit and um, other people seeing things for the first time. Um, always nice to have interstate visitors and we always have interstate listeners. So hello to any of you this morning who are listening from other parts of Australia. And of course, we've got our listeners all across Western Australia. If you've got a question for Darren this morning, give her a call 1300 720 or you can send us a text 0437922720. And we're also going to be having a little bit of a focus on Kings Park uh, throughout the show this morning. And you've spent a bit of time up there lately. Oh, yeah, I've been every week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, such I've a had a, it's a, such a beautiful place. You know, I like to go there. Um, I, my husband and I had a rare day off and he said, oh, what would you like to do? What sh- <laughs> Let's do something nice. And he looked at me and I looked at him and he goes, you want to go to King's Park? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the nice thing is you can go and have a good walk so you yeah. can get some good exercise in and then you can go the to Zamia and have a lovely lunch. Mm. We had lunch there. Yep. And yeah, and and it's it's good for your mental health. It's good for everything being outside in the open. You know, yeah, we yeah. all know um, there's all these like we just think it's um, being out in the open air makes you feel better. But there's all these good microbes. There's mm. Bacillus vaca out there, which is on our plants. You breathe it in, and it's been approved to be a mood enhancer. Mm. So get out there. Beautiful. Uh, Digby's going to join us from uh, the Kings Park uh, Everlasting Festival from the. Gardens and Authority um, to talk to us about the Everlasting Festival. So we'll do that around half past nine this morning. The bank of calls is filling fast. So let's get into some of your calls and Beck in Byford can get us underway this Saturday morning. G'day, Beck. G'day, how are you going? Good. We're good. What's happened? I hear your hop bushes hopped <laughs> off or something. <laughs> yeah, it's hopped, it's hopped off the line. I don't know what's happened at all. Um, so I noticed uh, she was getting a little bit yellow on the um, leaves closer to the um, stem, the main stem. And then um, I went out there probably about a week later and it actually fallen over, completely snapped um, under the soil, so the actual Base. So do you think, just just thinking about what it could be, obviously, because that's my job, <laughs> but do you think it could be that you had mulch or something um, and it could have got colorot? Because that's often why things snap yes. off. Yes, and I do. I definitely have a lot of mulch because um, I'm in Byford and there's a lot of weeds, so I do a bit of depression. Um, yeah, I wondered if it was that or I didn't know maybe ants would go at the Base of it. No, ants, we normally find ants on your plant because they're um, trying to move scale around or they're after insects on your plants. No, I don't think it was that. So you've just got to keep the mulch a little bit away um, from the trunk um, because otherwise it, it can rot out. But you know the exciting thing? 
your hot bushes died, but at the moment yeah. when you go to the nurseries, they are full of amazing things. So, you know, in my own garden, when something dies, I'm sort of sad, but I'm sort of excited because it means I get the opportunity to plant something else. Absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> exactly what you said. There is so much from, and I have such a small space. So I'm like, oh, which one do I get? What do I put in there now? So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, well, we might be talking about some of the things that are looking um, beautiful. Well, we definitely will. When Digby's on, <laughs> I want to point out some of the things that I really loved when I um, when I was at Kings Park. So if you want a native, um, listen in. because And there's a lot in the nurseries now because if you understand nurseries, things only sell when they're in flower. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Good on you, Beck. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Cheers, guys. Let's head to Julie, who's in Waterloo near Bunbury. Hi, Julie. Hello, ladies. I've got a hedge of Eyes For You Floribunda roses, 50 roses in a hedge. Yep. Now, last season, I trimmed them with a hedge trimmer. Yep. And they seem to die back a little bit, uh, uh, just a few... um, stems on them so this year i trim them by hand and i trim them back 50 percent but i've still got the die back i've got the odd stem is dying from the top and dying back and i sprayed them with um lime sulfur when i pruned them and i was wondering if there's anything i should spray them with now yep there is a product on the market which is um got phosphoric acid in it and it's an anti-rot so remember that name and go and look for that and i would spray them all with that anti-rot with phosphoric phosphoric acid acid. it might say phosphorus acid but it's phosphoric anyway that's that's what it is and i would be spraying them all with that all right and i would be looking after them really well like giving them some seaweed make sure that they've got you know lots of um they're being fed well and hopefully they'll outgrow it too yeah yeah um also i have three wisterias in 20 litre pots and the roots have grown into the ground. (laughs) Now, can I cut those main roots off and put them into, take them out of the pots and put them into the ground? Um, Yes, you can. Um, Often what happens is the pot breaks when you try and get them out. Um, But yes, um, as long as it, how much of the root do you reckon is in the ground? Just a little bit. I'd say, well, they're about three years old. Okay. And it's just the main route down one hole. Now you can do that, yeah. They're typical with wisteria, they are so vigorous. But what I would say is that if you cut that root off, you've got to cut off some of the top of the plant too. Um, it'll grow back. So I would probably wait till after they're finished flowering. I presume they're flowering at the moment, are they? Yes, they're just starting. Yeah, well, they don't do it now because they're looking beautiful. I know they'll be looking beautiful because wisterias are such a spectacular plant. So wait till they finish and then cut them back by a third um, because when you cut off that root, it's going to go, oh, and, and, of course, after the flowers, it gets all the foliage, so it's going to be really yeah. hard. So that's yeah. what I would do. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Have a good day. See you. Bye-bye. You, Julie. Thank you. Um, did you catch Sab's Garden on Gardening Australia last night by chance, Darren? I didn't, but I'm going to see it on Catch Up. And I see Sab's Garden. <laughs> I've, 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 I have been there more than once, let me assure you. Did you, yeah. did you catch it? No, I didn't. So I yeah went to the theatre last night. I was talking about earlier on Saturday, Brecky, for our Perth listeners. Missed the wonderful finish in the footy. Missed Gardening Australia, but um, that episode replays at 1.30 on Sunday. I know many of our listeners were keen to... I, I use Catch Up. Yes. And I... I'm actually I'm actually flying out tomorrow. I'm off to Europe, and so believe it or not, I was at, at working last night, oh. working till late to Gee, try that's rough. to try and get everything done before yeah, you go. I know yeah, that's, that's right. what you know. That's what happens when you go. But I'm going to have a wonderful time while I'm away. France mm. and Italy. Oh, sounds awful, Darren. Truly yeah. awful. Um, for those of you interested, plenty of you have been texting us over the last well, what six months since filming to find out when it was going to air. So it did air, air last night on Gardening Australia. The replay is tomorrow at 1.30 but as Darren rightly points out ABC iView is where you can catch up on um, any of the episodes that you've missed so if you jump on there and have a look 
um, you will be able to have a look. Jerry in Woodvale says, it was so lovely to see Sabrina on Gardening Australia last night. Her garden is just gorgeous. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, back to some of your calls. Joy is in Gooseberry Hill. Hey, Joy. Hi, good morning to you. Quickly, um, my two orange trees, one's the navel and one's the summer one, have both fruited and now reflowering again. So um, does that mean I'm going to get a second crop of um, of um, oranges or do I trim them back? I, I don't think you're going to get a second crop. I think they're just flowering. And, and those flowers take a long time to, you know, to, to come into fruit. But how beautiful yeah. it is. And the smell. Don't they smell delicious? I, I can't believe my good fortune. <laughs> and I've got a little seating area down there between the two of them. But the other one is, I think you've already answered it, is wisteria. I made a standard about three or four years ago, which is truly magnificent. So do I cut it back by, a, I had never cut it back. Do I cut it back by a third when it finished flowering? What you'll find is um, you get after, after when it's, Starts, the leaves come and then over yes. summer when it warms up you get that really wispy growth all over it and um, I always prune it back then I give it a okay. good haircut then I mean the, oh, really? the other time you can do it is of course in winter when it's got no leaves on it but when you do that you are going to lose flowers. some flowers yeah, but yeah. I can tell you I can guarantee you if you give it a trim you'll get even more flowers because it flowers on the new growth Oh, right. Now I know. Now, the other thing is um, pea hay or lupin to put on the garden um, instead of wood chip mulch. Um, which one do I prefer? I like lupin because it smells like molasses. So you feel and like you're gorgeous. having a little sugar, a little sugar hit while you're putting it out. <laughs> and it's, it's quite fine. Whereas a pea hay's. Um, anyway, that's the one I like the best, but they're yeah. both absolutely fantastic. And and, and um, I'm using tree rings. Do you know about those? Yes, I do. I'm putting those all around my garden and around my my trees and everything, and it just saves me lugging great big bags of sheep and cow manure around the garden. It does because you know we've got to make gardening easy for yeah. ourselves. We don't want to make <laughs> it hard. We don't want another job. <laughs> Good on you, Joy. Thanks very much for giving us a call. If you've sent an email into the program, Perth Weekends at your.abc.net.au. Stay listening. I'm going to get to those in just a moment. Before that, a few of your texts. Darren Carleen called in from a rainy day in Mount Barker asking how far she can cut back her flowering plum tree that's looking a little moth-eaten and old. Plum trees are really tough. Tough mm. as old boots. They're probably one of the, the toughest deciduous trees, you know, okay. fruiting trees. So, you know, I would cut it back two-thirds. Okay. But, but don't just cut it straight across the top because that's going to look a bit odd. You know, pull out individual branches. Have a look at it. Do some form pruning. You know, mm. be a sculptor. Be a sculptor. Turn it into a piece of art. Yeah, not a chainsaw <laughs> masochist. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good luck with that, Carleen. Hi, Ro and Darren. How hard can I prune my mandevilla? I need to repot hanging basket as it's completely root bound and looking sad, says Sarah in Kalamunda. Now, some of your mandevillas are not looking so good at the moment because they don't like winter. They, right. they come from a more tropical area, semi-tropical. They like it warm. So they will all be looking sad at the moment and they'll be starting, might have just noticed mine, they're just getting new leaves and starting to look good. Um, so you can prune them quite hard, but... Um, not if we know it's going to be cold, okay? So anyone listening in, you can give your mandevillas. I reckon you can cut it back by half pretty easily, okay. but don't do if it's going to be cold. So now it's spring. I think the end of next week it's starting to warm up, so that's really good. That's what it wants, warmth. Okay. Joe is in Willoughby. Morning, Darren. My worm farm has been swamped with tiny white crawling bugs, similar size to a flea. They run in all directions when I lift the newspaper blanket covering. They do not fly or jump. They are all over the sidewalls and the underside of the paper. Please help. What can I do to eradicate them? Now, I'm not a super expert on worm farms. Okay, yep. But um, I think, I mean, so people could ring in and tell them what they would do. What about a little sprinkling of lime? 
That's a okay. thought. So you people, everyone out there listening who's in, the, we're, who's, we're who's the thing of, yeah, yeah, ring in and tell me, was I right? Was I wrong? What would you do? Love it. Yep, that's Simple Fix. Our listeners have always got ideas for each other to help out, so we will leave that with them. Um, I said we'd get to the emails. Let's jump to a couple of those now. Again, mm-hmm. it's perthweekends at net. The only way you can get photos through to us, if you need that email address, give Mickey a call, 1300 720 and she'll help you out. Hi, Dara. My question is, what is wrong with my dragon tree? Lee from Sorrento. Let's no. just have a look at those photos. Oh, right. So what's happened, it, it was a beautiful dragon tree and some of the um, branches, they've lost all their leaves. I reckon it's had too much water. Okay. Is that a discoloration with the darker or is well, that normal like when you get the different? Yeah, no, I think it's bleeding. Mm. So it's bleeding from, you know, dragon tree. It's called that because it has that red sap, like right. blood, yep. you know. So it's, um, yeah, that's why it's called that dragon's, dragon's blood tree, some yeah, people okay. call it. So I think that's what's coming down out of it. It looks like it's rotting a bit from the top. That's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably had a little bit too much water um, and I would pull back on it a bit and see what happens. I mean, it doesn't come from a place where it gets a lot of water. And often, you know, when I try to work out what's wrong with a plant, I the first thing I do is think, where does that plant come from? Mm-hmm. Where does it live in the wild? And what if might you, not it be getting here? Yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing here? And it's had winter, which... You know, we, I mean, I know we didn't have super amount of rain, but mm. it would have had more than it normally gets. Yeah. Um, Jeff in Dunsborough has sent us an email. Hi, my lawn, which is home to all weeds known to man, <laughs> is particularly <laughs> suffering from the pictured weed. Could you please tell me what it is and more importantly, how to kill it? Please don't say pull it out. I'm in my 60s. I don't think I've got enough years left to beat it. I've tried a variety of sprays on it, but had no success. I know you can't say product names on air, but if there is a particular spray I could use, could you send that name back to me? Can you? I can't see properly what that is. Oh, that's right. We're going in. Have a look at another one. There's Jeff sent us a couple of snaps. That one looks like. Oh, looks like. Um, it looks like it's actually a sedge. I think it's one of the sedges. Right. So, um, oh, they're so hard to get rid of. Um, I'm not 100% sure what that is, but you know what I'll do? Um, if you get the photo sent to me, yep. I will send it to another lawn expert and I will get you the actual product name of what you could do to, to get rid of it. It's, it looks like it's a hard one, but I think it's some sort of a sedge and you might need a, a specific sedge killer, um, which I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of that. But no I worries. Will, but I will, this, I will and I'll do it this weekend because otherwise I'll be in Oh, France. yeah, you, are, you won't be worrying about it at <laughs> I, all. I promise you I'll do it. <laughs> Jeff, that's awesome. We will... Um, Get Mickey to forward this email through to Darren and she will follow that one up for you. Um, you may have your work cut out, but we'll see how we go. Um, let's get back to some of your calls. Sab's pick of the week, not too far away. We're about seven minutes away from that at 23 past nine. Uh, Pete is in Malaga. Hello, Pete. Yeah, morning. Um, a long, short version of a long story. I've got a, a mango tree that's about 60, 70 years old that has... Um, sentimental value to our neighbour. Um, however, whenever my daughter goes anywhere near it, she comes out in a horrible rash. Um, so we need to get rid of it. But I'm just wondering, is there any option to transplant a tree of that age? I think you can transplant it. It's just all about preparation. How much preparation you're going to do? Um, yep. Right. So how tall is it? Or it'd have to be five or six metres tall. Okay, right. Well, the time to move it is when it warms up. So yep. um, I probably would wait till October um, when it's, you know, good and warm because that's what it likes. The first yep. thing I would do would be I would cut the foliage down by half, you know, so yep. chop it chop it 
chop the foliage back by half. Then I would try to get as much, the, the day before, I would get out um, with a product, a seaweed product, and give it lots of that on the roots. Actually, I would start now. So its roots are really strong with a seaweed helps to stimulate root growth. The half yep. that you've kept, I would spray that with an anti-transparent. So they are um, products that add a acrylic polymer on, on the foliage so it won't lose so much moisture. They're readily available from all your nurseries. Do you know what I'm talking yep. about? I do, yep. Yep, okay, so I would do that. And then I would try and get as much of the root ball as I could. And when you move it... Try and put it onto a tarp to help you carry it. Uh, you need to bring some old, some good old friends. You know, no, you don't want old friends. You want young friends, young <laughs> friends to help you dig. And you've got to remember, you've got to try and get as much of the. When I say as much of the root ball, um, so the the roots will come out to the drip line, which is sort of the edge of where the foliage is. So you've got to make sure you don't you get as much as you can. You know, heft it up, put it onto your tarp and then drag it or try and carry it to the new place. (laughs) Good on you, Pete. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, We can head to Gake, who is in Safety Bay. Hello. Oh, sorry. Try that again. Gake (laughs) in Safety Bay. Hello. No, we don't want old food. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I've got a problem with... Sorry, Gate, can I just get my... you to turn your radio down for us, please? Would you turn the radio off? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I've, I've got a problem with red scale on my fig tree. Yep. I've never had red scale on the fig tree before. Oh, that scale is... It's all over the place. We've got red scale, we've got barnacle scale, fig trees and scale go together because the ants move the scale about because they milk it for sugary substances. So, um, it's it, if it's a small fig tree, like I grow my figs in a it's pot... A big tree. Big tree. Oh, that's harder. You're going to have to get a sprayer and spray it all with white oil or horticultural oil. There's quite a few on the market because you need to smother that scale so it can't breathe and then it will fall off. The other thing you could do is you could get out your high-pressure hose, not the high-pressure hose, but just your normal hose, put it on that jet and try Mm -hmm. and um, blast as many off as you can. But okay, you need, but, sprayed, but the oil is good. I sprayed it with pest oil. Well, that should work. Now, what's happened is often if you spray them, they don't necessarily fall off. So if you get your hose onto it, that will mm-hmm. blast them off and then you'll know that it's worked. And you've got to treat the ants. So there's ants all around that are spreading it. So um, okay. if you... Oh, so oh. I put ant, ant stuff as well, well on, on the ground. I sort of wanted you to treat <laughs> the ants, but then if you could see my face, I'm going... Oh, all those ant killers aren't very nice. Mm. They're not really a very good mm-hmm. product. But it is the ants that... So what I would do is try and find the ant holes and mm-hmm. I would blast the ant holes with water. So that's what I tend okay. to do. Because if you can keep it damp, the ants don't come. Ants want places that are nice and dry. Okay. So so I put the, the pest oil, spray the pest oil and then blast it off. I've been trying to... I did that a few days ago... And then yesterday I went out and, and started to strip it with my fingers. Yep. That's Can I good. Do that? Yeah, yeah, strip okay. it with your fingers, fingers or a, or a thing. Yeah, if just, it drops just... on the ground, if it drops on the ground, does it matter? No, 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 it doesn't matter at all. They, they're gone once. Once they're off that leaf, they've, they've gone to God. <laughs> Excellent. Thank okay. you so much. See you. Good on you, Gake. Thanks very much. Uh, Chris Parry, uh, Weekend Explorer, travel guru from our Saturday breakfast program here in Perth is on the line. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ro. Um, long-time listener. First. <laughs> you're a dag. How can Darren help? Well, Darren, I heard you just mention that you're off to Italy and it reminded me of when I was growing up in Narragin, the hardest plant to retrieve a tennis ball from was the prickly pear. Egg. And walking through... Walking through Italy, I ate a lot of prickly pears, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, is it the same species as we have here? It or is. Or is it just a horrible pest? Oh, okay. No, no, it's the same species. So, of course, they came out with the Ita- with the Italians when they came out here. And, you know, 
there's lots in the garden next to me, which is owned by an Italian family. Um, so the, the trick to picking them is you've got to have a pair of gloves on and then a bit of styrofoam to try and pluck those horrible <laughs> spines out. But, yeah, though they are the same species. The trouble is that it's, I think its botanical name is Opuntia, is that it has... It did get away in some areas as a as a weed, so that's why for a while it wasn't. A, you rarely find it available for sale um, as a plant. Brilliant. Thank okay. you. I look forward to eating some this this spring. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Good on you, Chris. Thanks very much for giving us a call. All right, it's half past nine on the nose, so we might hop to it. It is. That time again, it is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. She's taken us back to the opera this week, and I think she's making Darren work extra hard because this one's not too long, Darren. She's only giving you a couple of minutes to oh, that's <laughs> take all a right. breather and To have a breather, that's all right. And I can see it's um, by Puccini. Yeah. And it it's by one of New Zealand's most famous singers. Kiri Tikanawa. Have I said that right? Tikanawa. Tikanawa. I knew. It's one of those names that when I read it, I'm worse off than just (laughs) saying it (laughs) from knowing what it is. All right, here you go. This is Sab's Pick of the Week. We'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes and you can let us know whether you love it or don't love it so much. 0437 922 720. Not surprisingly. I think Sab knows she's on a winner with opera with many of you. 27 to 10 on Roots and Shoots. I'm in heaven, says one text. Uh, beautiful music and singer. Thank you, says Jeanette in Kalgoorlie. Hi, Ro, what a beautiful song for Sab's choice. Thank you, Sab, from Penny and Mandra. Um, fabulous, uh, Ro. She is one of the great women opera singers, says Julia. I've got one thumbs down. Uh, Bias Barb in Geraldton says, it hasn't even started and I love it. Sublime with lots of love hearts. Someone else says already crying. That was very early on when it hadn't really um, started. Rowanna, you can tell Sab she absolutely nailed it this week. Um, Michelle says, reminds me of home. Love it. Uh, I've got one with just like snoozing emojis. (laughs) So perhaps in the uh, thumbs down kind of camp. You can keep sending your thoughts through if you like. 0437 922 720. You can also give us a call though. The lines are pretty full. 1300 222 720. Um, Marie and Basso, love it. Beautiful bit of culture for the day. Um, love the pick of the week. Great choice. Suits the calm I feel when in the garden, says Susan. And even Jandicott says, beautiful pick of the week, Sab. And what a beautiful voice of Dame Kerry's. The music was used in the film A Room with a View. Watch the film if you haven't already. Uh, Nan in Dianala says, hi, Rowena. That brings back memories of seeing Dame Kerry live at Lewin many years ago. Just magical. And Marianne says, I missed it. There we go. Fabulous music for floating around the garden. And really, they're all kind of echoing that sentiment. Margaret, amazing voice, gave me goosebumps. Fabulous choice. Enjoying my coffee with Kiri singing. I saw her singing on the lawn. Karen Up Golf Club years ago. Jenny, Dame Kiri, glorious. Thank you, Eve. Um, And so on and so on and so on. Sab, if you're listening, I think well and truly a thumbs up. Darren, we've got a guest joining us in the studio now, senior plant breeder at the Kings Park Botanic Gardens and Parks Authority, Digby Grounds. Nice to have you back in the studio. No, really glad to be here again. Nice to see you both. Yeah, no, it's so good to have you. And you, of course, work at... at you know, the place that's our number one tourist attraction, the place we all want to go when there's a nice day for a walk and to see what's out. And yeah, it's just amazing, especially right now. Yeah. Mm. So let, if you're going for a walk in the garden there, which, of course, everyone is going <laughs> to head there now, which areas would you suggest that people go and have a look at? Because well, there's so much you can learn from going to Kings Park uh, these well days. That's, yeah, and education is a real focus of ours, so there's lots of signage around that will uh, let people know what's going on. But around Aspects, uh, which is the Kings Park shop, there's a what we call the mound, there and it is absolutely looking amazing now so that's a really great starting point 
and that's close to the entry to the Botanic Garden. Uh, and then if you walk through there and then walk around to where the um, Women's Memorial Fountain mm. is, there's a lot of everlastings being planted there. Today they're probably not out in all their glory, but as soon as the sun comes out, they'll be out. Um, and there's lots of activities going on around there mm. too. The, the Water Corporation has got um, is sponsoring a water-wise hub there, and there's some really amazing plants just planted in containers with a lot of information there. They've got QR codes on, and there's plants, you know, that teach you what to grow on your verge or if you're just beginning with native plants, there's plants there that are suggestions as well. So, But take a walk through, and even, you know, some of the things that don't look outlandishly spectacular, there's, you know, you just go into it and, and have a real look at it. Um, the rare plant garden, you know, that's always a really mm. great... Um, place to go and it and it tells a story about King's Park's work with ex-situ conservation as well. One of the things I like is I like going there and then relating to see what's in the shops at the moment. Right. So, uh, you know, the garden shops. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, 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 the real shops. The <laughs> not nurseries. the department stores. No, not the department <laughs> stores. So um, when I was there, um, we walked through the Baronia Garden oh, yeah. and then I've noticed, um, and of course they've got the brown Baronias, you know those ones that smell heavenly. The fragrance is awesome. Mm. And yeah. then they've got the really um, specky ones like Purple Jared and some of the other um, you know the uh, plum bells and some of those, and they are in the shops. Well, I've noticed the wholesalers have um, said they've got them, and if the wholesalers say they're out, that means that the retailers have got them. So, um, you know, it's a great time to go out and buy those sort of things that are flowering now. Yeah, there are lots of uh, wax flowers. Some um, uh, next uh, weekend, our um, Kings Park wax flower local hero, which is a compact. Uh, wax flower really good for the gardens that'll be out in stores for the first time as well how tall will that one get oh it's probably it'll probably get to maximum of a meter after Mm. 10 years but it's a real low growing plant um, nice and compact and you can prune it and and keep it low good border plant hey what's the foliage like on that one to eat because of course Uh, i've been to the (laughs) southwest and we had a few memorable meals there and of course I think every single meal we had, the chefs put on um, wax flour. You know, oh, not, the yeah. fla- not the flour, the flour, you can't yeah. eat the flour, but they put some of the foliage on as Got that you. lemony flavouring. There's some really, really good ones. I wouldn't recommend Local Hero, though, because yep. um, there's some really bad ones as well. And I've, <laughs> there are. I've tasted about 100 different wax flour varieties, <laughs> and it's a, it's a challenge, but there's some really great ones. I yeah. think there's one called Wax Jamboo, is it? That's yeah, good? Jamboree, I think it is. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one that they use quite widely. Yeah, and raspberry ripple's not bad either. Yeah. But you know, you if if you buy one and you want it for the for the table, yeah. you might just have to take just steal one leaf. Eat it before you <laughs> buy. Yeah, before you buy. <laughs> <laughs> Digby, um, the Everlasting Festival is on, started yesterday, yeah, if I'm right. launched yesterday, goes through to October 1st, so three weekends. Lots of free activities happening, lots of music, uh, meditation and yoga. There's workshops happening, which uh, some are, you know, are paid events. But okay. go to the website, go to the Kings Park website and look up the festival program. Um, and, you know, there's something for everyone there. So, yeah, get along. The thing I love too is that, Pretty well every day of the year, maybe not maybe not Christmas Day, you have free guided tours. You have great yeah. volunteers. Mm. I know they do one at 10 o'clock and normally they do one at 1, is that right? Or? Yeah, um, through the festival they're, they're more than usual but, mm-hmm. and they're, they're really knowledgeable. They're volunteers, they give their heart to Kings Park and they, they just know so much. So if you want to you know, really delve into what we're about, get on one of those tours. Mm. When when I was there last week, I was um, saying to the group, you know, one of the things that you can really um, learn is what does well in your shady spots. So, you know, talk about some of the plants that grow well in the shade because everyone at home will have that shady area down the side of the house. And I can tell you what I've put down mine. I've put on t- tomasias down there. Yeah, there's some great tomasias. Uh, Guccinotia is another one. Uh, Banksia nivea, um, great foliage plant for shade uh, there's some really good ones so if you if you take a walk through the botanic garden some of the areas there are really shaded and you can see what's doing really well and what's not doing so well and often they they've got little signs on them 
Um, so just take a note or take a photo on your phone and, and go and follow it through. Yeah, that's that's always what I do. And I always go to the Banksia Garden because my favourite art at Kings Park is that beautiful mosaic in the stone and then the bench, which has got the ironwork in the, the Banksia leaf design. I always t- go there just because I love it so much. Yeah, it's such a good little place there. And then all those species of benches that are there that... You know, they're quite variable. You know, people think of banksias, they might think of just one or two, but there's prostrate species and, you know, plants that flower at different times of the year as well. So, you know, that's a, a good thing to see. And the banksias, of course, all the dryandras are now called banksia. That's right. So yeah. the banksia species doubled overnight, didn't yeah, they? We, yeah, we need to expand that garden. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, your favourite spot in the park? Oh, look, I really like up near the uh, Rome Memorial Gardens and and for two things, because it's got a lot of the northern flora up there, which is generally spectacular, but the view up there Mm. is just amazing. So, and you you don't, probably will now, but you don't often get a lot of crowd uh, up there. It's a little bit out of the way, but it's fantastic, great place to go and have lunch and just wander through. And I just love the way that the Botanic Garden is done in, you know, um, geographic mm, areas. So, you mm. know, you're in the southwest, you're in the midwest, it, it tells you, and you can actually see as you go through how the vegetation changes, mostly, of course, because of water. Yeah. But, you know, you can really get a better understanding of your own state by, you know, you uh, don't even have to leave the state. So spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, and it, uh, that's what we try and do. We try and educate people about, you know, the different regions and the floor and then hopefully inspire them to go out and have a look at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we forget that and you think about the accessibility. I was thinking that as we were chatting, you know, we broadcast across the whole state and obviously it's super easy for those of us in Perth to get into the park. And um, But for others, you know, whether it's coming down during school holidays, just to carve out that bit of time to, to head up to the park and enjoy it. And it is, well, it tries to be in, in that sense, the, the representation of the whole state rather than just what you'd, you'd find as natives here in Perth. Yeah, and, it, and it's the people's park. So mm. it's not just the Perth people, it's the people from, from everywhere. Yeah, so come and have a look. Digby, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming in. Um, as Digby said, head to the Kings Park website for more of the details um, with regards to the Kings Park Everlasting Festival, which launched yesterday and is running through until 1st of October. Thanks very much. Good on you, Digby. See ya. We will get back to your calls in just a moment. 1300 222 or you can send us a text 0437 922 could listen to that Kings Park guy's voice all day. Great radio voice. (laughs) One texter says, and not only the voice, but the information that comes with that voice. We'll get back to your calls next. With the ABC Listen app, you can take the footy finals with you wherever you go. Off to a barbie. Take the footy. A spot of shopping. Take the footy. Visiting grandma. Take the footy. ABC Sports expert coverage of the AFL. Straight through for a goal. And the NRL. Game. Bingo. Every goal, try, mark and tackle, live and commercial free. She's got it. So whatever you're up to, take the footy. Take the footy finals with you on the ABC Listen app. Plenty of conversation about footy finals will be coming your way after the news at 10 o'clock when the Sports Talk gang take over the studios. All right, we've got some callers who've been waiting patiently, so we're going to get to them now, starting with Murray, who's in Vic Bicton. Good morning, Murray. Oh, actually, um, yeah. Look, I've got a I've got three loca trees actually, and every year I have to religiously cover them with fruit fly exclusion um, nets Mm -hmm. because they are the biggest fruit fly will fly from the other side of the world to get to them. Are you right? Hundred percent right. They they will. But this year, I, I, I only I didn't have enough net to do the third tree, and there's no fruit fly on. I haven't. I, agree. I, I can't believe it. I What's agree happening? with you. I haven't seen it, but it's coming and it, it just means it'll be here later. It definitely will be here because fruit fly has um, a system where it spends some of its time in the ground and, and then it emerges. So it will be coming. And the fact that so many more people are now growing their own food and that growing their own fruits means that there's more fruit fly around because this is a sad thing I'm going to say. Most people are not like you, Murray, and they don't look after their 
a fruit properly and they are letting the fruit fly and all of the, um, the, the, the citrus leaf gall and all of those things proliferate. So we people who try hard, <laughs> it's getting harder for us. Yeah, well, fruit, fruit, uh, locusts are the worst tree because they're the first stone fruit of the season. Yep. And, and the fruit fly just serenely, if you don't do, if you don't cover them when the fruit is half sized and really dark green, it's too late, generally. You've got to fully cover them and put net, um, fruit fly baits inside the tree. It's the only way to get beautiful fruit. So have you got the locusts, which are the... Because a lot of people just grow them from, stone, from a for seed, from the, the stone. So have you got the um, the varieties? Because there some, are some that you can buy from nurseries, which are the selective varieties, and they are so much more delicious. Which oh, ones no, do you no, have? no, no, no. I disagree. These, <laughs> these came from my mother's place, who... <laughs> And she was born in 1918, and she would have got it from Bicton School of Seed, planted it. You don't have to fertilise it. You don't water it. You do nothing except keep the tree trimmed down, thin out the fruit, and cover it. And they are just magnificent, thick, fleshy uh, fruit. They're the old stuff. You look after them. You look after them. So thank you. So thank you for your observation, because it is really um, a great one. And everyone listening in... um, you know, do as Murray says mm. um, and, and treat your fruit fly because if you don't, you won't have any fruit to eat and what's the use of growing a fruit, a fruit tree if you're not <laughs> going to eat the fruit? Lovely to hear from you, Murray. Thanks for your call. Trisha in Williton says the best botanic garden in the country for showing of native species of the state. I've been to most other states, so Trisha feels she's well informed to be able to make that statement. Uh, let's go to Bodie, who's in Wembley. Hey, Bodie. Uh, g'day, how are you? Yeah, we're um, good. Uh, so I've got a, uh, just sort of bought a, a block and it sort of had an old, really patchy up and down lawn. And it's sort of littered with, um, you know, so it's got a lot of undulations and also sort of lousy with um, with a sort of a broadleaf clover-like weed, I guess you'd call it, and also a sort of a winter grass that has a tuft that's sort of the size of your fist. Um, through the through the garden, so I was sort of hoping a bit of advice on how to get rid of the, the winter grasses, so and uh, or whether I should, and uh, and the best way to sort of level it out at the best time, obviously. Right. So the best way to level it out is to go and get a lawn mix. So you can get special lawn mixes from your. Um, soil places and and I would use that don't use yellow sand I mean yellow sand is okay but the lawn mix is the way to go now I want to talk to you about the winter grass it's too late to treat the winter grass now you'll have to wait until um, March April March April and then apply a winter grass spray and those sprays which you can get from every nursery have a pre-emergent which should get some of it and then they also have a post-emergent so maybe April I would spray it and you might have to do that twice because winter grass is so hard to get rid of. The other tufty one you're talking about I think go online and have a google I think it might be love grass you're talking about that is absolutely shocking and the only way to get rid of love grass is two ways you've either got to get a spade and try and dig it out it's horrible because the lawnmower won't go over it or you can actually individually spray each spot of love grass with a glyphosate which is a herbicide Thanks, Bodie. Thanks for your call. Um, Claire's down in Condi and has sent us this text. Listening to Digby about Banksias reminds me that Esperance Wildflower Festival has Banksias as the theme this year. We are all out collecting this weekend. Show runs from Tuesday till Saturday this week. Saves hours of crawling around <laughs> the bush being bitten by mosquitoes if you just get along to the Esperance Wildflower Festival. I, I Good on there. you, Claire. I was there last year and it's wonderful and you have to go into the display where they have all the bottles and Oh, it's so good. Very good. Very good. Uh, Cherie has sent us an email in Geraldton. Why are my tomatoes rotting from this end? She asks, have sprayed at base of plants, not on the leaves. That's called blossom end rot. Very common. Um, it happens because the plants can't take up enough calcium. It's nothing to do with the feeding. It's all because of watering. They need an even watering, even, even. If it's, if you, if they let, get to dry out too much, they get blossom end rot. Good work, Darren. Thank you. Good luck, Cherie. Let's go to Dawn. She's up in Marmion. Hey, Dawn. 
Oh, good morning. Love the talk about King's Park. Love it. Excellent. But no, my question is, I want two answers. Now, cacti and circuit... I beg your pardon. Cacti and succulent fertiliser. I had a brilliant one. And now, according to my uh, local, uh, what is it, uh, big um, uh, place, you know, you go to get your fertilisers and Big box store, yep. No, no, no. What I'm trying to say is they don't produce it anymore because it, you know... So what do I feed my cacti and succulents So with? are they in pots or are they in the ground? They're in a garden bed and, yeah, certain ones are in pots. So if they're in pots, I always use a slow-release fertiliser, you know, the little balls or prills. Yes, That's yes. the best way. Okay. That's yep. a bit expensive to use in the ground. No, but, you slow know, release, good. Yep. What but, else? But succulents are not fussy. A bit of anything oh, will do them. They're not fussy. So I would just see what's on special. And I would use whatever, whatever you can get for a good price is what I'd give them and just a little bit. They're not, they don't actually need much. Mm. I mean, I would give them very little. So, you know, the ones in pots, it's a bit different because all the nutrients leach out of a pot and I would mm. use those prills. But the other one, I'd, I'd see what you can get for a good price and that's <laughs> what I would use. Hunt the bargain, Dawn. <laughs> all the best with that. Uh Hi, Darren. Travelling to Ravensthorpe tomorrow from Perth for the Wildflower Show. Looking for best scenic quick route down there. Two-wheel drive only, says Michelle. Our listeners, again, might be able to contribute with some options for there. I'm not sure how many different options there are for... You're going to have to go off a bit. Um, mm. You're going to have to go to Bremer Bay to Codgers. Yep. That's a really good place to look Two-wheel at drive accessible? Yes, because yep. it's a caravan park yep. area. The other thing I would do is when you get to Ravy, you have to go into the festival and ask them for a map of where things are flowering. So last time I was there and the time before I was there, <laughs> um, they'll actually if, show you the map where things like the pomelias are in flower, you know, the, the qualop bells, things like that. So you have to use the local knowledge of the local people who are out mm. there. But um, I would consider a, a drive to Codgers. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, another email on Perth weekends at your.abc.net.au. Hi, Darren. We have an awesome orange tree that produces an amazing amount of oranges, none of which we can consume as they are so, so sour. What can we do to be able to consume these? We're in double view, sandy soil, tree about 20 years old, gets sunshine, but not all day. It's always produced sour oranges. Is it a fertiliser that we need? Maureen is seeking your help. Uh, if it was a fertiliser, I'd be really happy to tell you all about it. But I reckon what it is is the rootstocks got away. So they graft them onto a, oh. um, a rootstock. And I reckon what's flowering, uh, what, what's fruiting is the rootstock, which is often they use a sour orange. So it's always oh. going to be sour. I mean, you could try and, um, you know, give it a malt give it some lupin mulch, give it you know, all the best fertiliser. Little and often is the way with all their fruit trees, especially um, citrus, because if you give them too much, they lose all their leaves. But I would, um, I would bet that's the problem. Oh, what a bummer. Um, thank you, Maureen. Uh, Claire in Stoneville says, Hi there, Darren. Is it too late to scatter wildflower seeds? And when is the best time? Oh, I'll go with that first. Is it too late to scatter wildflower seeds? Yeah, it really is a bit late. Yeah, yeah. We do that in autumn. Yeah, when the rains come is when we do our everlasting yep. seeds. Yeah. And when is the best time to graft almonds cuttings onto stone fruit rootstock? Oh. Well, that's, n oh, I'm, that's normally done in winter time. Grafting? No, I'm not sure on that one. I'm sorry. I'll have to. I'll have to. Um, if you can save me that one, please, Mickey. I will get back to her on that. <laughs> All right. Sue is in Last Lane. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hundred percent support the um, fruit nets around your stone fruit. I put my net around my locust um, very early. Do it with citrus. I do it with everything, and I spread that word. But anyway, um. With the blueberry, can I take a cutting and propagate? Yes. And then I want to sneak in a question about my laziness. I forgot to cut the old wood from the raspberry and blackberry bushes and now everything's shooting up. Is it too late to do that? Right. So, yes, you can do your blueberry and you can do tip cuttings in spring. So okay. this is the time now. So not, 
yeah, so the, the, the softer growth, that's the time to do that. Um, and at other times of the year, you can do the harder work. Really easy to do. Um, I, yeah, I didn't do much effort. I just pulled a few off and put them in the pots along with it and they, they grew well. So that's good. Um, so you forgot to cut the, well, the see, most of those will be fruiting on the new. Yep. So you really just need to cut the old stuff off. So I can do it now. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, you're late. (laughs) But, you know, you just try and do your best when you garden. You can't be perfect. No. Perfect. (laughs) Thank you. Good on you, Sue. Thanks very much. If you follow up uh, texts to our conversation about the sour oranges, the sour oranges might be tangellos. They are very, very tart, says one person. No, tangellos are delicious and not tart at all. (laughs) They're a cross between a mandarin and an I mean, a mandarin and a grapefruit, and I don't find them tart. They're my favourites. Julia says, I'm in Cloverdale um, sand. I'm in Cloverdale sand. Secret to sweet oranges is fertiliser every month with one small handful of special citrus fertiliser. Water it in thoroughly. She says, and Nick says a point. She's right. Yep, if, endorsing that one. Thanks, Julia. Uh, Nick says, a point on the sour oranges. Some people also get their varieties mixed up. Navel's in winter, Valencia's in summer. So some different mm. thoughts with regards to citrus. Uh, some questions for you, Darren, as we wrap up. We've, gosh, we've got less than three minutes to go. Hi, ladies. Please, can you suggest plants that will climb over a pool fence that's always in full sun? Okay, now um, the Hardenbergias um, look really good. The Canidias look really good. You could put the Star Jasmine on and that would look really lovely. Um, all of those three would look good, two natives and one non-native. Beautiful. My husband and I had a lovely walk through Kings Park with our little two-year-old grandson last week and he loved all the native flowers as much as we did. The kangaroo paws were beautiful and the orchids were amazing, says Tracy. Yep, and so if you go out there now, there's lots of orchids out, still out, and it was it's so exciting to find them. You have to have a little whoop. Uh, good morning. Our mango has got next to no flowers this year. It's about 10 years old. Can we prune it now? And by how much, says Ian? Um, remember, we've got to wait till it warms up for mango because otherwise they get dieback. They don't like any cold. So definitely wait till at least wait till October. Um, and you can prune it by how much? Well, it depends how big it is. You can take a third off, but try not to butcher it. Third off. (laughs) Wayne in Jollymont writes, Hi, is a mulberry tree okay in the ground in a large courtyard five metres from the building? I've read that they've got invasive roots. They've got big roots, have mulberry trees. So um, you just have to to think about how big it's going to be. If you do want a mulberry, um, you know, five metres. Five metres is a reasonable amount. The trick with a lot of trees is to deep water. If you deep water, the trees go down. You'll often find the roots coming out because they're seeking water. So over summer, you've got to have the hose and deep, deep, deep water. Every tree that you buy, um, you have to deep water over summer because otherwise those roots are going to come up looking for moisture. Beautiful. Uh, For the person travelling to Ravie for the Wildflower Festival, the road from Lake Grace to Lake King, the wildflowers are currently magnificent. Get out, walk in the bush anywhere, and the variety is just fantastic. There you go, Michelle. There's another option for you as you drive down to Ravensthorpe. Darren, we're all done here. Oh, Stellar job. Oh, it was kept going and going. We were, I did, I, they were just, the questions kept firing today. My goodness, they did, and they haven't stopped. We didn't get to them all. We thank you all for your patience. Darren, we thank you. Mickey, we thank you as well for manning the phones out there and keeping things generally under control. And just a reminder, if you miss something on the show or you want to hear it again, the Roots and Shoots podcast, you can download it, have a listen, or jump on our website. It stays up there for a few weeks as well. It's now 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listener.